3: Tom Payton, keep talking that. We're going to see him
1: soon. You feel me? All right. Welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads podcast from Rams Talk Radio. Uh, I'm Steve Ribeiro. Here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, it's part three of Rams Report Guards. We just recorded part two. We're recording it again. But by the time this comes out, the XFL, as you just mentioned to me, will have started. You excited?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love me some football. Will it be the NFL? No, it will not.
1: It's unfortunate to me that, like when the XFL previously started, we won't have Jim Ross on commentary We won't have The Rock introducing the league to everybody, Uh, but hey, probably going to be a more profitable business model, and look, I read, a while ago, I read the Jeff Perlman's book on the USFL, which is, I love, I would highly recommend anybody, it's an awesome book, Uh, so I'm rooting for the Spring League, just because I read that book, and it seemed like a cool idea, so go XFL, that's all I got. Uh, Uh, please, wherever you're listening to our podcast, guys, like, rate, subscribe. You know the drill. Uh, if we're not on a platform that you want us to be on, hit us up. We will get there. Uh, we always find a way. Um, and if you want to win a custom Rams throwback jersey, because us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot, DM it to us, or send an email, ramstalk1945 at gmail.com with your name so we know who's entering. And you'll be entered to that. Well, that's winner when we get to 200 reviews. I hope we're not there yet. I haven't really brought this up with Derek at all. Um, <laughs> all right. Part three, Rams report card. Uh, as we've established, we're grading these guys based on expectations going into the season and how they performed. Uh, if you didn't listen to last any of the previous episodes, part one, we talked about the rookies and second-year players, guys like Taylor Rapp, Joseph Noteboom, blah, blah, blah. Last week, we talked about... Uh, A couple of big names Aaron Donald, Brandon Cooks, Andrew Whitworth, Michael Brockers, Tyler Higbee, Troy Hill, Eric Weddle. This week, we got some interesting names, and we're going to start with a very interesting one Todd Gurley. A very, very weird player to grade because going into the season, a lot of people thought he was done, dead in the water. his knee was done He's going to be in a timeshare with Daryl Henderson He wasn't He got the bulk of the work But he had 22 223 rushes this year for 857 yards Scored 12 touchdowns Not too far off from last year Had 3.8 yards per rush uh, Which is definitely down From previous years uh, That is the second lowest of his career It is the lowest total of yards Although he did miss a game both of those worst ones would be 2016, um, t- total touchdown wise lower than the previous two years, but still better than his first two. He had 31 catches for 207 yards on 49 targets and two touchdowns the year before he had 59 catches for 580 yards on 81 targets, a massive decrease in work in the passing game. A lot of that had to do with, as I mentioned, he was run blocking a lot, uh, it, so he's weird to grade because, like, I I was banging the drum for Todd Gurley as a fantasy asset. Uh, I knew I, I had a feeling at least that his touchdowns would not decrease at all. And hey, Malcolm Brown vultureed a couple, and he still ran for twelve. It's not bad. It's kind of weird because like you felt like he was either going to have twelve hundred yards on the season or four hundred yards. He had eight hundred. I'm giving him a C because I don't know, man. I, I he wasn't a total disaster. I think the, the offensive line shoulders a lot of the blame, but at the same time, man, he wasn't as explosive as he was in the past. He he didn't catch the ball as much. He wasn't given as much opportunity. But at the same time, he looked bad in the passing game a lot of the time. Uh, still the same old Todd in the red zone, which you'd love to see. The team wasn't in the red zone as much. That's kind of why his touchdowns went down. At the same time, the team wasn't in the red zone as much because the running game wasn't as good as it was in previous years. He gets some of that blame. I'm giving him a C. Uh, Johnny, I know we had Ke- my friend Kev Masaregin on here a while ago. I know he would give him an F. Uh, he was banging the drum that Todd Gurley is washed, which I – I don't believe, but at the same time, he seems a little washed. That he's not getting any younger. That knees not getting any younger. Long term, like I'm at a C minus. I don't know. I hope that I hope this is a low for him, but at the same time, it's it's tough to gauge going forward. How, how do you grade Tiger Lee's 2019 season?
3: It's certainly a bizarre year for him. And really, for the running game in general in 2019, but with Todd Gurley, you it, it's hard it's hard to grade on expectations alone. Just because coming into the year, there was so much speculation about Todd Gurley's that you know he had arthritis that he um, you know wasn't going to be able to really compete that much but in all actuality he, i mean yes he did slow down a bit in terms of his production but it's, it's it's hard to grade because there were literally times where the the running game would only see like less than 15 touches that's that's insane like you know there's literally running backs in the league that got double that And just to, you know, put things into perspective. So I don't know if you can, you you can harbor a lot of the, or all of the blame on Todd Gurley. Or, you know, you could say he's washed for sure. But a lot of the blame has to go to uh, Sean McVay as well, because he flat out underutilized Todd Gurley. And it wasn't even just Todd Gurley, it was the running game in general. He just forgot about so I I think in that regard you have to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt however my grades gonna be slightly more harsher I don't know if I'm gonna go to the same effect as Kevin did but um, yeah I'm gonna go with a D. and the reason being is because Todd Gurley, while I will give him the benefit of the doubt, didn't, you know, have the the best coaching for the ground game. What I will say is there was a lot of things that really disappointed me in terms of things like that I never saw Todd Gurley do until 2019. Like he would run out of bounds instead of actually, you know, trying to gain a couple more yards. And, yeah, I can understand a little bit you know trying to preserve him a little bit but i also seen him like you know not catch the ball as well as he used to i also seen him you know go down a little more easier than he used to so for that reason i got to give him a d because it was you know Todd Gurley still performed a little you know a, a lot better than i thought he would in a way but he also disappointed me in a in a lot of different ways because he wasn't well he wasn't Todd Gurley to be honest.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh yeah.
1: yeah. D it, it's hard to disagree with, with any of that. Um there there was a play I I think this happened. I don't think I'm doing this, but I think I remember a play where it was like third and nine and we ran like a, I think we ran the ball. And early ran out of bounds short of the first down, and it was like a summed up the season. I hope that play happened. I, I, I don't know if that's exactly how it happened, but it's in it. And like, I'm sure some people are thinking, like, well, your expectations were probably low, and maybe these grades are a little harsh. Our expectations were not low at all. Uh, we both, and, and a lot of Rams baseball did thought the injury stuff was overblown. And I think it was because he played 15 games. Uh, but there's obviously, and he got the bulk of the work. After week one, it wasn't really a timeshare like at all. And they kind of phased out the timeshare thing like completely as the season went on. <sighs> but yeah, man, he 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 wasn't great. I, I don't, to- I've said this in the past on the pod. I, I don't totally agree with the out of bounds thing. I think he has done that throughout his career but it did feel like he did it a little more this year. Maybe we were looking for it more. I don't know. Uh, I hope he's better next year. Not super optimistic he will. I think he's on the team next year because financially it doesn't make a ton of sense to trade him. You, you'd get $5 million back. You'd lose $12 million in dead cap for his contract. It's not like he, he was that bad. I, I've said this. I don't want to repeat myself too much, but... I don't think it was that bad, and I think you just you ride it out for another year and see what happens. Uh, it's kind of a sunk cost, but like I'd rather have Todd Gurley for seventeen million dollars than have another player for five and nothing for twelve. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like what? Are the, what are the odds that that five million dollars is a significant upgrade from Todd Gurley? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is somebody out there that could be, but uh, I don't see it. And you might also—I don't know—the trade market for us. For Taggarli is it all. Uh, there might not I don't think there'd be a big one. All right. In the words of my boy Marcus Peters, Cooper Cup, 94 catches, 1,161 yards, 10 touchdowns, 134 targets, all career highs across the board. Uh, third season for Cooper Cup. A monster year for him. And most of these numbers came in the first half of the season. He really, really did not do a ton. Uh, and they said, well, most of the yards came from week one to week eight. After that, he didn't have a hundred yard game. Had ninety nine in week week seventeen, so it came pretty close. But scored a touchdown in his final five games, so he kept the touchdown numbers up. If you're playing him in fantasy, you weren't too disappointed. Probably didn't cost you a championship. Uh, I'm tweedling between an A and an A plus. Uh, it's it, I, you know what, Johnny? I'm in a good mood. I'm gonna give him an A plus. It's close because he did cool off a little at the end of the year. He literally had a goose egg against Pittsburgh. Uh, but coming back from the injury and putting up those numbers as a whole in the season and that Bengals game was unbelievable. I'll give him the A plus. I'm gonna bump him up, which I haven't really done to a ton of players in our grading, but. He's a great player. I hope I hope we can find a way to pay him uh, the money he's going to get. Love to keep him around. He's here next year. If we keep him around, my long-term confidence still an A+. Uh, a guy I'm excited to have. It was a, a great, great pick by Les Snead. And I hope he keeps us up for, for years to come.
3: Yeah, I, I'm definitely giving him an A+. Because while you and I both knew what kind of player Cooper Cup was, you know, and I stand by the decision that or, or the statement that if Cooper Cup was available during the Super Bowl, that the Rams might have had a better shot because he is clearly Jared Goff's favorite target. And I you know it's for a good reason. this guy <laughs> he exceeds all expectations in, in my book, especially considering. I you know, I knew he was gonna have a good season. I felt like he was gonna you know make significant strides, but did I think he was gonna pass a thousand yards? I don't think I was you know, especially considering you know there's still Brandon Cooks and Robert woods on this team, so overall i i I can't help but give him an a plus just because. I, I don't think any of us was really expecting him to get over a thousand. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Were uh, you expecting it?
1: I, I I wouldn't say I expected it, but I'm I'm not floored that he went over a thousand yards at all. Uh, he he was a he was a big time favorite target of Jared Goff when he was out there. Uh, I'm I'm not too surprised, but you come back from that injury, yeah, it's still you look it on paper and it's super impressive. Yeah. So
3: for for me, definitely going to be an A+. Plus. And uh, I think it's justified.
1: Yeah, agreed. Love Cooper Cup. Glad to have him. Here's another fun one. Rob Havenstein, our starting right tackle. Oh, Jesus. Started <laughs> started nine games this season. Uh, obviously got injured in the ninth one. Graded out on the year 50.9 from Pro Football Focus. Last year he was an 84 so, I think you know where this is going. In nine games, he gave up eight penalties, gave up five sacks. Uh, he's an F. He's a, If I could give him worse than an F, I would. Uh, one of three Fs I think I'm going to give throughout this, these last last week's podcast, this one and next week. The other one will come later on the show. That's a tease. Uh, but this, I don't fucking understand what happened. And I... I feel like it's going to be a fluke year. I feel like he probably enters 2020 as a starting offensive lineman, which feels crazy to say because, like, we just – the whole ship turned around as soon as he stepped off the field and we did not have him playing. He was so terrible in all nine games. Like, maybe there were some games – I don't remember where he put okay. But, like, you look at all the big sacks on the year. He got – He got his fucking ass handed to him against San Francisco uh, so bad. A huge part of why we lost that game. Uh, Like, he was just, every game I feel like he was playing terrible. And he's an F for me. It's easy, especially when you consider expectations. He was good last season. He wasn't just, like, passable. He was a legitimately good right tackle and then wound up becoming one of the worst in the league, I felt like, watching him play, Every week was a nightmare. Uh, I felt like I was watching, like, I don't know, just the, I quit The Walking Dead in season eight because it got so bad, and there was never any single redeeming thing that happened through the nine episodes I watched that season. Every year, I would watch The Walking Dead, and there'd be like one episode where I'd be like, hey, this is why I still watch the show, and the season eight came along, and it was terrible, and I quit. And Rob Havenstein is like season eight of The Walking Dead. There wasn't a single redeeming quality. He had all this promise. He proved that he could be good at points in his career, just like The Walking Dead did. And then he just sucked. And I don't watch the show anymore, but that's I, I heard it got better. I hope Rob Havenstein gets better because he's under contract. He's really not on a terrible contract. Uh, I think he's a starter next year. He gets traded. <laughs> like God, dude. I still can't fathom how bad he was this season
3: yeah uh, you said that you're not sure if you if if you could give him a worse grade than an F I'm gonna go ahead and do it I'm gonna say an F minus <laughs> uh, I don't I know technically and I might piss off Derek because of this I don't know if technically that exists but I'm gonna create it just for him.
1: So my, my F is like like a forty five percent and yours is like a twelve percent.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty accurate description there.
1: So yeah. keep like, in like mind. Not to cut you off, Johnny, but I gave Brandon Cooks an F. He's probably like a sixty two. Like he was close to getting a D. Rob Havenside <laughs> was not close. He 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 showed up for this test, realized he studied for the wrong test, got almost every question wrong. Carry on.
3: Good Lord, I I wish he showed up at all at But <laughs> yeah, so keep in mind that this is grades based on our expectations of him prior to the season. And, you know, after having such a good 2018 season, and, and while he wasn't perfect and he had some flaws here and there, we expected him to at least improve a little bit. But instead, he went way the hell in the other direction in terms of improvement. And I just, I can't get over how disappointing he was, you know, and maybe we might be, you know, uh, over-exaggerating a bit, but I don't think much, to be honest, just because Steve brought up a good point in how much the offense improved once he was removed from the lineup, um, at first due to injury, and then he was replaced by a rookie, a guy that wasn't even expected to contribute at all in 2019. So. And
1: look, uh, again, not to cut you off, Bobby Evans, who replaced him, not Orlando Pace. Like, he was not even that great, but he was so much better than Havenstein that year.
3: Yeah. And that's, that's what it boils down to is, you know, while I still hope Bobby Evans will develop and become a good player, he, it's not like he was, you know, a perfect player. You know, he was far from it. But Havenstein performed so bad, he looked good. So I'm hoping that maybe somehow Havenstein bounces back Maybe there was an unsaid injury. Maybe he was he just didn't realize there was something wrong. It happens, but he he has a lot to prove in 2020. but yeah, for now, complete F F minus my bad complete F minus.
1: Uh, Havenstein actually, they're both terrible, uh, but Havenstein was like one point better. Than Bobby Evans on Pro Football Focus, uh, but like, <laughs> the eye test wise, I, I feel like like Havenstein got beat a lot, man. Like it felt like he he was getting beat constantly. Uh, and uh, do you think he starts next year? I feel like he does.
3: I I think you have to, or at least make an attempt to, because of his contract. And uh, I, I hate to say that, but it's kind of true. I, I It could come down to Evans and, and Havenstein in terms of a camp battle, but I think ultimately you're going to give it to Havenstein because it costs more.
1: Yeah. yeah. He's definitely going to be a candidate to get traded as well because his contract's not that bad. Uh, and I think the big difference between Evans and Havenstein and why it feels so clear that Evans played better to us. Evans allowed one sack and didn't get flagged all year. Haven uh, signed eight penalties, five sacks. Uh, really frustrating year, and I hope it's it's a fluke. Because, look, I, it's it's all the more frustrating because he was good. Like, he was a good ta- tackle. Uh, and here we are with, with what he gave us this season. Uh, let's move on to what I think will be a more positive player. Dante Fowler brought him back on a one-year, $12 million deal after he traded for a midseason last year. He had 58 tackles, 16 tackle for loss, 16 quarterback hits, 11.5 sacks. I'm going to give an i my- I'm going to give an A. I'll bump it up from an A-. minus. Uh, to me, exceeded expectations. Uh, really, you could feel his presence early on in the season as a pass rusher. and Not like he really tailed off near the end of the year, but... Uh, I I don't have a lot – I really don't have a ton to say about Dante Fowler. Or the fact that he was, his presence was felt, and I I don't know if he's going to be here next year. I, I would lean towards probably not, but uh, his presence will be missed if he's not on the team because he, he was great off the edge, great a lot of pressure. Uh, and both him and Aaron Donald gifted Clay Matthews a couple sacks on the season. I'll just say that.
3: You're not wrong, to be honest. No. But uh, Dante Fowler is my boy, though. I I told, I remember talking to Steve, hoping uh, that the Rams would trade for him. And they ended up bringing him here. We were kind of unsure about him as the season went on. And, you know, they kind of brought him back on a show-me contract. And he showed everybody that he... Has the talent to be one of uh, one of the you know most dominant players out there uh, when when he's when he's hot and he showed he showed it he he really did and I think with him and Aaron Donald he just was a nightmare for a lot of uh, a lot of offenses. Ultimately, there's not nothing more to say other than he exceeded expectations he was a hell of a player and i'm gonna sincerely miss him because i highly doubt the rams will be able to bring him back um but it was fun while it lasted a plus for
1: me well we'll circle back to whether or not he'll be here after we talk about the next player but first let's take a quick break
2: let's make vision zero a reality in dc
1: Uh, if you've been paying attention to the hottest question of the last month for the Rams fans, you know our next guy, Corey Littleton, inside linebacker, led the team in tackles, had 134, three sacks, two interceptions, defended nine passes. Uh, Look, an A for me for Littleton, no doubt. Uh, had pretty high expectations. He was really good last next, last year. Uh, met him, maybe even succeeded him a little bit. Re- really, good inside linebacker. Uh, really versatile. He can get out. He could. He could guard. He could defend passes. He could pass rush if he's got a great tackler. Really reliable tackler. Really is coming to his own as a player on this team. And I've loved. I've loved watching him develop uh, from a good special teamer to a good defensive player. Uh, yeah, like I said, an A for me. I hope he's back next year. And I think. Really, this team is going to be making a decision contract wise between him and Dante Fowler. I think they will keep one of them, uh, probably on a couple year contract. I think it's probably going to be Littleton. Uh, and I think uh, the way, the way I've seen other fan bases and other beat writers talk about him, he's going to get, he's going to get paid, uh, more than I would hope, but he deserves it.
3: Yeah. As far as, uh, Littleton is concerned. As much as I like Dante Fowler, I believe Littleton should be the one that the Rams target if they can bring either one of them back. And the main reason is because I feel like Littleton has a talent that not many linebackers have in terms of being able to, um, being a tackling specialist, essentially. And being a, a very good cover linebacker as well, and that's one of the reasons why Littleton is so special and why he had such a hell of a season. I mean, his stats speak for himself, uh, speak for themselves. But at the same time, you know, you you see the impact he that he has. You know, he, he's a game changer, and that's why I really want Littleton back even more so than Dante Fowler, just because. While I feel like Fowler's very special also, I think that Littleton's a little more rare in terms of the type of talent he is. And uh, I, I don't know if you, you if the Rams will be able to bring him back. But that being said, in terms of what to grade him at, I, I think a plus also just because uh, you see him getting progressively better each year. And you can't help but think to yourself, you know, is is there anywhere else he can go? And, yeah, he can improve, but I I wasn't certainly expecting him to improve as much as he did in 2019. So, who knows? Maybe he'll even be even better in 2020. We'll see. But uh, I I just hope to see that in in a Rams uniform.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You you said it all. I don't have anything to add. I I, I would be surprised if both Dante Fowler and Littleton walked, Uh, but I I do think Littleton is the guy that they prioritize and keep Uh, because, like you said, he's a versatile player. Hard to find. Gerald Everett. We talked about Higby on the last pod. Now we're getting to Gerald, our other tight end. 37 catches for 408 yards on a year and two touchdowns. Uh, he did. He did miss a couple games. Uh, I will confirm how many he played, but uh, thirteen games. Everett appeared in. He <laughs> he's tough to grade because he 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 cooked for a little bit early on in the season. Uh, he, he he had a he obviously had that huge game against Seattle. Uh, he had the fumble almost cost us the game. Next drive came out swinging again. Got us and helped was huge and instrumental in getting us in position for a field goal uh, was a, a fairly reliable player for for a couple games but it still feels like a real disappointment for Everett. I'm gonna give him a C minus. Um, I don't remember what game it was, but there was a game that Tyler Higbee missed and Everett just did not come to play. He did not seize the opportunity. And when he started to miss games, Tyler Higbee certainly seized the fucking opportunity and went off and essentially made Gerald Everett an expendable player on this team because of how good Higbee was. Like I I think Everett's on the team next year, but there's a world where he's not. I wouldn't be stunned if he got moved if the Rams could get a pick back for him. Uh, because they need picks. And now they have this dominant tight end in Tyler Higbee. Because Everett never s- really sees the opportunity to take over that job full stop. But C-minus, not, not a total failure, but he certainly didn't. I certainly expected more. Uh, I thought this would be a breakout year for him, and it wasn't. It was for like a week.
3: Well, Everett is kind of living proof on how unfortunate that the Rams offense was because having these two talented tight ends on the roster you would think that there'd be more you know two tight end sets that they can use and it, it really can never be because of how awful the offensive line was you essentially needed two tight ends but one for you know, just pure blocking. And when it was a receiver, you know, a tight end being used as a receiver, it, it, you really couldn't get the effect that you really wanted. And while Everett had these, you know, moments where he was a good receiver, there were there were times where he was just he was there. Um, but you know, some of it was also due to injuries too. So, with all that in mind, I don't know if you can necessarily fault Everett for having, you know, a uneventful season. But I think you can give him a little credit just based on what he did do. You know, when he had some opportunities. Uh, for me, I'm going to give it a D plus just because I feel like he could have been better. And, you know, he could have showed up more at times. But, um, yeah, pretty close to i C-, minus, I'll say. You know, I'll, I'll be that douche, you know, teacher that'll give you like a 69.9%, you know, and give you a D+. Uh, D plus. Instead of bumping you up to a C minus, yeah, I'll be that teacher.
1: <sighs> yeah, it's kind of a bummer. I, I, he's shown flashes, but there's a chance we drafted another Brian Quick. I hate to say it. I really hate to say it. Oof! I don't know if I'd go that far. Quick, Quick had moments, man. He had a little stretch, uh, and then he got hurt, where he looked like he was putting it together. Uh, They both came from small schools. They were both projects. I think there's a chance that Everett plays out his contract and it's just gone, uh, unfortunately. But was Quick ever Quick? Quick, I I am pulling up these stats now because it's important to me that we show Brian Quick (laughs) a little respect. He he had a four-game stretch in... 2014, 21 grabs, 322 yards, three touchdowns. I remember that. Seemed like he was starting to put it together, uh, and then he, he obviously didn't. Uh, was had a little run in 2016 at good games, but he it was it wasn't happening, and he's not. I don't think he's in the NFL anymore. Did he play for the? Did he play last year? No, he didn't play last year. Maybe the XFL? <laughs> he, sorry, guys. You know I love talking about old washed-up draft busts from the Rams. He is not in the XFL. That's almost worse that he's not even in the XFL. Speaking of washed-up players, another guy who didn't finish the team uh, the season with the team, like our boy Marcus Peters, Akib Talib, played five games with the Rams before he got injured and inevitably got traded to Miami where he never played. About 13 catches on 25 targets, 50 grade on PFF, much worse than previous seasons for him. Uh, for the most part of his career, he was, wasn't below a 70. He, he, I think he's the last F I'm going to hand out in these grades. He's fucking terrible. Uh, I would not be shocked if he doesn't play next year. If your team signs a keep to lead, Expect great veteran leadership and terrible on-field performance because he fell off a cliff. Uh, arguably worse than Haven, Havenstein. Uh, he was terrible. And I don't really want to talk about him a lot because he's not here anymore, but uh, he, he was not good when he played.
3: Yeah, totally agree. Uh, F for me as well. Just because <laughs> you, you, when you – come into 2019 he is supposed to be that balance for mark with marcus peters and i felt like it was only marcus peters at time you know when he was actually on the field and that's just it you know when he was on the field it just felt like he it wasn't the same to leave and it's it's a shame because he did very well in 2018 Yep. But 2019 just was not the same player at all. So, yeah, F is more than a fair grade for him, I feel.
1: A, hu- a huge part of getting us to the Super Bowl last year. So it was, like Havenstein, pretty shocking how, how poor he played. Uh, but we don't need to talk about him at the Austin Corbett, midseason acquisition. Probably should have talked about him on the, the first pod with the second-year guys, but we're talking about him now. Started seven games, played in eight. I uh, played pretty heavily in that other game. He didn't play. Allowed a sack, had four penalties. Uh, Fifty-one grade on PFF. I'm gonna give him. a B be minus right now, but I think I'm gonna give him a C plus. Uh, my expectations weren't that high, and the line did get better when he stepped in, but I out of that five man unit, I think he was the worst one personally, the least impressive. Uh four penalties in eight games isn't great. You know? Uh he was alright. He 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 wasn't a problem necessarily, but I I I think the Browns gave up on him after a year for a reason and I, I don't really expect him to start next year. I I'd be pretty surprised uh, but my expectations weren't that high, so C+. plus.
3: Uh, for me, I'm going to give it a B, just because I had no expectations for Austin Corbett. I felt like he was just going to be on the bench the entire year, unless there was absolute desperation, which there kind of was, but um, he stepped in, didn't do that bad of a job. He was... Certainly more serviceable than someone like Jamel Demby, you know. Not to yes. beat a dead horse there, but uh, he and... might have even
1: been might have even been better than No Boom.
3: Ooh, I don't know if I go that far, but uh, I wouldn't say he was that, that far away either. Yeah. But uh, as far as Corbett is concerned, yeah. I think he superseded my expectations and while I don't know if I would want him to be a starter I think he's definitely the type of depth you want and something that the Rams haven't really had in quite some time so certainly I, I want Austin Corbett back as backup and backup only and uh, well maybe he can you know compete for a starting spot you know if Blythe doesn't come back but uh, that scares me, too. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd rather we keep live at center and not have Brian Allen and Austin Corbett face off for the job. Uh, but but I agree with everything you said. Uh, I don't love when our podcast turns into an echo chamber, but we're on the same wavelength with most things. And we're definitely thinking the same here. Nickel Roby Coleman. Our slot cornerback, our nickel expert, nickel. uh Gave up 39 catches on 62 targets, but pretty solid PFF grade, 74.5. Successfully defended seven passes. Uh, made 35 tackles. I'm going to give him a B. He's pretty terrible in the Super Bowl. Obviously, we know what happened in the NFC Championship last year. My expectations <laughs> for him... <laughs> were pretty low considering those final two games, and he was, he was pretty good. He was fine, uh, played well. I, th- I think he he did what you'd exactly what you'd hope you'd get out of Nick Roby Coleman. Uh, was a solid, typically reliable slot cornerback. Uh, he would get beat from time to times, but you're happy with him more often than less. Uh, he's on a pretty decent contract. They could, cut, they could cut him with no financial implications. So he is a cut candidate, but I think they keep him, and I hope they do. He is a reliable player.
3: Yeah, I, I don't think you should cut Nicole Roby Coleman. He, he's a guy that does his role really well, and he's definitely someone you want to hang on to uh, for that role. Is he perfect? No. I mean, there were times he was beat. But overall, I felt like he did his job, you know, uh, sufficient enough. And he did exceed my expectations to an extent because, like you said, was not very good during – I would even argue the entire playoffs last year. I, he just no. – he was just there. He was a body essentially. and um, But he – he redeemed himself this year, and there was no, there was no uh, awful pass interference penalties. So, uh, hey, I'm pretty psyched about that too. So, um, overall, I, I would say uh, uh, a B minus C plus. I think is fair, just because he did exceed expectations a bit, but uh, wasn't crazy over the top either.
1: Yeah. I agree. He got his ass beat in the Super Bowl. Made up for it. Um, the, the the just so in case anyone's not aware, he's set to make about five million next year. So if you keep him, you got a decent cornerback on a decent deal. You cut him, you save five million dollars. We're gonna be strapped for cash. I think there's a chance they cut him if they like. You could say like it's it's. You could say it's tampering if they have things lined up before free and starts. Look, if you're not tampering in 2020, you shouldn't be a general manager in professional sports. Everybody tampers. If if you have something lined up, a good player, a good deal, you need that $5 million, I could see him getting cut, but I hope they don't just cut him and hope to sign somebody. That would be silly to me. And I, I think more likely than not, he's on the team next year. Uh, two guys left for this pod. <laughs> I got Johnny Munt on here which is weird because he had four receptions for 26 yards on seven targets, but he randomly played 68% or more of the snaps twice this year. And for that alone, I'm giving him an A- because I didn't expect him to play at all. Uh, In that game, I think it was Chicago where he played a lot and we ran that formation with him and Tyler Higbee and Josh Reynolds and Robert Woods and Todd Gurley on the field out of nowhere just shoved it down the opponent's throats he blocked well a minus because i did not i didn't really even expect him to make the team
3: yeah i mean i'll go an extra there i'll say plus because (laughs) i'm kind of with you i was a little shocked that he made the team and uh you know he he wasn't a bad option as a blocker and i kind of like him as that role in a sort of pseudo tight end fullback role in a way. Um, I know he wasn't technically lined up as a fullback, but that's essentially what you're getting out of him as like an extra blocker. So I kind of like that. Um, And I, I hope that the Rams do end up keeping him on the roster next year and using him in a similar role. I don't know if you want to throw him the ball too much, but I guess that's an option as well. But overall, it's way far exceeded my expectations of him. So, yeah, A-plus for me.
1: All you can ask out of your third tight end, (laughs) who might not even be on the team next year, probably will be. Last guy we're going to review this week, we're doing coaches too, Wade Phillips, the son of bum. A couple team stats for you. Rams allowed the 12th fewest yards per game, the 11th fewest passing yards per game, uh, the 14th most rushing yards per game. Uh, They were smack in the middle of the pack in points allowed. Had 13 interceptions, 11 fumbles. Wade Phelps obviously was, they did not, they chose not to bring him back. Wasn't necessarily fired, but his contract was up. They didn't renew it. They went another direction. I'm going to give Wade a B minus. Um, there was a couple just inexcusable performances by this defense Dallas uh, Baltimore Tampa Bay
2: but other than that
1: I I thought they were more or less very solid and reliable for the most part this season uh certainly they had they played no part in the Pittsburgh loss uh played great in week 14 against Seattle that was a big win uh Up and down year overall, but a B- minus for me. I don't know. know. That feels right. I think they should have kept Wade. I think they might regret that. I hope they don't, but I'm nervous. I'm nervous that we're living in a world where Wade Phillips isn't our defensive coordinator anymore. And he was fun to have around by all accounts, just a legendary dude, great guy. He'll we miss? Yeah, I
3: I'm kinda with you on that. Like I don't understand not re signing Wade Phillips at all. I know the kind of hope is to get younger, and you know, that includes with the coaching staff as well. And that has its pros and cons, if you ask me. But I personally liked Wade Phillips as a defensive coordinator, and I feel like he got the raw end of the stick here just because there was, you know, while the defense had its weak moments, and to tell you the truth, um, while I don't like the performance at all against uh, the Baltimore Ravens, I felt like that's understandable considering how talented, you know, their offense is.
1: Much more understandable than the other two, like, trash games.
3: You know, I could even somewhat look past the Buccaneers game somewhat. When you get to Dallas, that's when it was like, okay, Wade, what the hell?
1: That's when you he know, lost know, his that's... job. Yeah. That was the I, day I Wade Phillips so. lost his job, I think, for sure.
3: Because it was just so bizarre. And as much – I. I didn't even see it, foresee a, a loss here, but you can almost you can almost see a an acceptable loss if they barely lose, and you know it's a, you know a a slight scoring game like maybe Dallas scores like twenty four points, but for them to give up as many points as they did, I, I'm sorry that was unacceptable. And uh, I don't know if it was worth losing his job over it, but, um, yeah, I, I, I still think it was a bad decision overall because if you exclude those three games, the rest of the games were pretty solid overall. And uh, and there's there's a lot of other positions that they were extremely thin at. If you look at the inside linebacker in particular, other than Corey Littleton – they had Bryce Hager as a starter, <laughs> Troy Reader, know? Troy Reader. You know they had to use Taylor Rapp. You know this uh, that that boggles the mind. Still, that Bryce Hager and Troy Reader were our starting inside linebackers at one point. Um, so for that reason alone, I I got to give props to 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 Wade and give him a a B. You know, I, I like Wade Phillips a lot, and I really wish nothing but the best for the guy and uh, hope that our our new defensive coordinator can become the next Wade Phillips, hopefully. We shall see.
1: Dude, I didn't even have Bryce Hager on my, my list. That's I listed a shitload of players for this player grades, and I didn't even have Bryce Hager on it.
3: Well, I mean, in all fairness, uh, w- the likelihood of him coming back is kind of close to none, so.
1: Yeah. Eh. Yeah. I don't know, man. Michael Thomas has been on the team since 1998, so anything is possible. Yeah.
3: That's true. That's fucking true. <laughs> uh,
1: <clears throat> all right. That's part two. Next week we got, obviously, there's some big names that haven't been mentioned, including Jared Goff. Jalen Ramsey, Robert Woods, Clay Matthews, Sean McVeigh. Those will be fun. those will, Goff and McVeigh are going to be I'm I'm interested to see where you go, Johnny. And I haven't even graded that myself. I'm interested to see where I go.
3: It's it's gonna be a fun one for sure. Uh especially the Sean McVeigh one. I, I'm um that's gonna be a tough one.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll add Bryce Hager to the list. Probably oh not. God. Uh, yeah, the the players I didn't include. Uh, if you, if you're listening and you want to talk about any of these players, let me know. Bryce Hager, Darius Williams, Tanzel Smart, and Dante Dion. I think that's it. Coleman Shelton, Mike Thomas. I did not think any of them were worth including.
3: But what about Greg Dorch? <laughs> <laughs> Come yeah. on, Steve. He's he was on the practice squad in December.
1: What's your Why grade? Why isn't he on the list? Give me your grade.
3: I've, I have I even got the slightest clue, to be honest.
1: <laughs> <sighs> Alright. Well, that'll do about for us. Johnny had asked if you had any parting thoughts, but Uh, This won't come out for like 8 days So the Oscars will have happened See any You see any of these movies
3: Mm, Probably not Like I've been kind of lagging it With the movies I saw Frozen 2
1: I haven't seen Frozen 2 Uh, I did see a bunch of them 1917 (laughs) is dope If anyone wants to see that Uh, (laughs) what, What other movies got nominated Marriage Stories on Netflix the Joker. I like both those movies. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Irishman were both fucking awesome. Highly recommend those. They're both very long, so Saturday, Sunday, Sunday afternoon. You don't got football to watch. You don't want to watch the XFL. Pop on one of those. Uh, all right. You can follow me on Twitter at C. Ribeiro You can follow Johnny at Johnny Five Not Six. Follow Rams Talk at Talk Rams. We will be back next week with the fourth and final part of our player grades. We will talk to you then.
3: Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel me?